Good morning on Friday the 25th. Yeah, that Arkansas came through nicely. I didn't expect, I mentioned there's a possibility they'd win, but they didn't, I didn't expect that I had the half, as you know, the half and the game plus the points, which came in. And I also mentioned that today was a much more clear crystal ball, if you will. So I had mentioned, and nothing's changed, I mentioned North Carolina, well, the lines are starting to move, but North Carolina plus two and a half, St. Peter's plus 12 and a half, Providence plus seven and a half, Miami, Florida minus two and a half. Now I've adjusted, I've added a halftime bet to St. Peter's and I've added some totals. So let me, let me go through that. And real quick, I'll just get hockey out of the way. I, hockey, uh, Washington and Buffalo over six. That's the only play I have, Washington and Buffalo over six, minus 120. Right, that's it. And no NBA today. I didn't even look at NBA. Maybe I'll miss a good play, but too much time spent on overanalyzing these uh, college hoops. All right, so first game, North Carolina, UCLA. I'm adding the total on that. I'm adding over 141.5 on this. If UCLA controls the pace, then I'll probably lose this bet. But I think North Carolina controls the pace, which leads to the fact that I do believe North Carolina will probably win the game, but I'll take the points. I got it at two and a half. It's still a play at two. I don't think it's going to get any worse than that. There is a possibility that it'll go down to one and a half, at which point you're still okay because I think North Carolina wins this game. But I certainly like to two and a half, lose the game by two and win the, and, uh, win the bet. Or two, you can push it two. Uh, and that play, I want to talk about size. I mentioned that I, would, I was deciding whether they were two units, one unit, whatever. I'm going to go for one and a half units on North Carolina plus the points. And then on that total, it is one unit, one unit on the total. I look at this game a lot more similar to the UCLA loss to Arizona, where they lost 84-76, 160-point game. I don't think it gets quite that high, but I do think it clears the 141.5 pretty easily. Uh, full disclosure, I know there's a lot more new listeners in because this is the, the peak time for sports betting other than NFL, other than the Super Bowl, really. March Madness is, is the thing. Over the course of the season... The unders have been better for me than the overs. My systems I use had false indicators, I think, to take overs. I've, I've really kind of adjusted into this game. Really, is more mental adjustments throughout the end of the season than it was system adjustments. So I am taking the over here. I do think it clears it pretty easily, but I just want to mention for anybody that's new to that, my sides have been more accurate than my totals this season. That's not necessarily been the case. It's been fairly, fairly, over the years, it's been fairly consistent. So just a little bit of an aberration. Regression to the mean maybe coming at the end of the season. Who knows? But I'm taking the over. feel pretty comfortable about it. One unit versus one and a half unit. North Carolina plus the points. Again, I look at this game. The most similar situation I find in this game is when UCLA was playing Arizona. I think that's going to be a similar outcome. High over the total. And uh, UCLA coming up on the short side of it. Could be wrong. All right. St. Peter's and Purdue. I said St. Peter's plus 12 and a half. I said it was my weakest play. 
It is still my weakest play. I'm taking only half a unit on St. Peter's plus 12 and a half, but I am taking another half unit on St. Peter's first half plus seven and a half. A half unit each for a one total on the game, my weakest of the day. I do believe that Purdue wins this game. That's not a stretch. They're a 12 and a half point favorite, so that's not really Nostradamus at work there. As a matter of fact, I think there's almost no chance that St. Peter's wins this. This is not Loyola of Chicago's last year's run. These aren't the same team. St. Peter's plays good defense, which I had. That was my initial lean on totals. That was my strongest lean on totals was the, and I'll get to the the one that, the other game that I'm playing in a second, which was the strongest lean until it started moving down too much. Anyway, so this was my strongest eyeball test is St. Peter's or Purdue under. But I do think that Purdue just is too strong for St. Peter's and will run that total up a little bit. So I'm not doing anything on the total, but I still would lean under if I was forced to take a position on that. Uh, but I'm not. Okay, uh, back to the halftime versus full-time. I think St. Peter's has a chance to keep it close in the beginning. That's kind of what they've done they you know between uh, Murray State and Kentucky both outright wins it just looked like what you had is a setup there where they were playing tough for the half and then would eventually succumb to the potentially stronger team although I really didn't think Murray State was stronger to, and I think I discussed that on the podcast Kentucky obviously a stronger team didn't happen that way St. Peter's kept it strong this I think is the, the third time not the charm for them Third time the charm for the favorite team. I think it does possibly stay, the scenario I'm looking at is possibly stays pretty darn close for the first half, so that 7.5 looks good. But then Purdue runs it a little bit, but yet 12.5 points is too much to get. I, I can't look past that, so I'm still taking the 12.5. Uh, I would guess if I was to forced to take half only versus full, I would I would consider the first half a slightly stronger bet. Obviously, seven and a half being fifteen paced for the whole game, so that's in theory better value. Uh, Purdue though could cover; they could get an eight point lead at halftime. I could be wrong on the direction; it could be an eight point, ten point lead at halftime, and then St. Peter's just plays tough down the stretch and gets it to, you know within six or maybe it falls to 11 or there's a lot of scenarios. I don't need to beat a dead horse or get on the soapbox and talk about all the different scenarios. That's just wasting your time and mine. That's how I did it. I'm doing St. Peter's first half and St. Peter's for the game plus the points. Okay. Moving on to Providence and Kansas. That's a two unit play Providence plus seven and a half. I think there's a possibility it gets lower than that, down to seven, but I, I doubt it. I, the sports books are going to want to have an off, you know, they're going to have the hook. They don't want to have the push. They want this handle. They want to win. They want a decision. They don't want to just refund everybody's bets that took seven. So I think it stays at seven and a half, which is down from the original line. It is money is coming towards Providence. I should mention too. Uh, some of this, the action here on this, I get, I guess I'll get to the le- the next game is the more important one on that. So the money is on Providence. Unfortunately, so are the number of bets. So it's a public play, but it's also a sharp play because the 
betting handle, the amount wagered is more than a higher percentage than the percentage of actual bets, meaning bigger bets are on Providence, meaning sharper money is on Providence. So we're playing with the public. We're also playing with the sharps. Unfortunately, we're playing against the sports books, and that's not ideal. Sports books don't stay in business by losing money over the hall. Again, this is really only for the newer listeners. It's not all about evening out the sides. Yes, that's the goal. That's why the lines move, which we'll get to in a second in the next game. The lines move to try to even out the money, but some of that's fake. Some of that sports books are pretty sharp, no pun intended on how they do that, so they can fake you out and get people moving in one direction when they're following steam or think they're following sharp, etc. And then you have, you have to bet the right side, and that's how the sports betting is won or lost. But what we have here is the sports books really wanting Kansas to win, and sports books usually get what they want. Well, more often than not, more often than not, they get what they want. They don't win just because the money is on the other side doesn't mean. As a matter of fact, they lost money yesterday. So, uh, all right. So, um, I can talk about that. I'm not going to waste your time on that this morning. You got too many things to listen to and too many, too much analysis to do. Providence plus seven and a half, two unit play. That's a strong play. And by the way, for again, new listeners, I don't throw out a lot of two unit plays. I do a lot of half and one unit plays. So when I'm getting to two units, I have a very high winning percentage on those plays. Finally, we go to ISU and Miami of Florida. This game started with Miami as a half point favorite. It's now up to a three point favorite, and it's probably going to go a little higher because, again, I don't think they want it on three. I mean, that's not how they set their lines. They don't set lines based on, hey, we don't want to refund money, you know. But the bottom line is, if you bet three and it ends up on three, they're refunding those bets. Now, the question, how often does a line end up exactly on the game, end up exactly on the line? Not, not, Not as often as you would think. So it's not that big of a deal. So don't overweight that whole idea that I'm talking about. It's not that big of a deal. I don't want to give the wrong impression. I do think it moves up to Miami of Florida minus three and a half. Now, why is that? Because there's almost no money on, on Iowa State. Almost nothing. There is very few bets on Iowa State, and there's even less money percentage-wise. So the books absolutely need Iowa State. So they're going to move this line up more to try to get people to come back in on this. Sharp money frequently sometimes plays both sides of the game, but they usually want a bigger bigger move than this. However, if they got it in at half of a point, I, I unfortunately didn't get the half. I wanted the half. That was my initial look. Uh, anyway, if they got it in at uh, Miami uh, minus one half of a point, and then they could get Miami, I don't think it's going to move to four and a half, but if they can get Miami, Iowa State plus four and a half, probably would take that hoping for the hoping for the middle here. Uh, that's not going to happen. This is going to be, I think, I, I will tell you, I think it's a 66 to 57 Miami victory is what I think. So that leads me to the total. By the way, that's a two-unit play. So two units on Miami, two units on Providence. Lead me to the total, and I have a one-unit total on, one-unit played on the total, half on the halftime and half on the full game. So I'm going under 133 for half a unit. 
And that line has moved down from 136.5. The value is mostly gone, but I perceive the value still to be there. As I said, I'm thinking it's a 123-point game. I've still got a 10-point cushion, and my unders have been more successful than my overs this season. So take that into consideration if you want. Now, additionally, I'm taking a half unit under 62 for the first half. Now, you'd argue, well, that's only 124 pace for the game. Yeah, but there's usually sloppy play if it's a blowout or a lot of uh, points if it's a close game based on the fouling and the free throwing and the timeouts and the set plays, et cetera, et cetera. That's pretty much common knowledge again for most people. So you've got 62 for the halftime and 133 for the game. Both of those are moving down. I'm taking under on both sides still half a unit each. And that's all the picks for today. Again, I had the hockey already for the over on the Washington game. And uh, really, you know, I'm not going to waste any more time on that. Again, the books, you can shut it off if you want. I'll spend 10 seconds on the books yesterday. The books lost money yesterday as the uh, they, they won it on Arizona because the, the money was on Arizona. So Houston winning gave the books some profits. And actually, they had the money on the money was on Villanova, and Villanova won, so they lost money on that game. They needed Michigan, and Duke had the money, and Duke won, so they lost money on that. And then Arkansas and Gonzaga, that was an interesting one. That was a sharp play for sure. There was slightly less bets on Arkansas and slightly more money. So they did lose a little bit of money. The books didn't do bad yesterday. It wasn't terrible. So today would be bad for the books if if uh, Miami wins. Unless they get a lot more money coming in late, they're going to get crushed on Miami if Miami wins. And uh, I don't have my sheet up anymore. I don't record. What the what the you know the sharp money, square money that can, that's certainly part of handicapping, but it's not by any means all, not even close to all of handicapping. That would be pretty easy if you just said, well, let's see what everybody else is doing and do that. That doesn't really work very well. So um, just to remember off memory, uh, North Carolina, you see, I think money is on North Carolina public and sharp. And let's see, it's definitely coming in. Yeah, it's coming in pretty strong on Providence, but I, there will be some there'll be some public money coming on Kansas as a bigger name, the number one seed. By the way, I do think Kansas advances number one seed. It'd be hard to imagine no number one seeds left in the elite eight, the final eight teams. That's not a way to handicap either. But isn't it hard to imagine <laughs> no no number one teams are left? There'd be two twos. There's no twos left playing today, so there's two twos that advanced yesterday, and uh, there's only one. Number one left, and that's Kansas. And um, yeah, okay. Best of luck.